Welcome back to the Evolution Pod Club. I'm your host, Jackie Seiden. Feel good now. Feel good now. Now. You don't feel good? Change the channel. You don't feel good now? Do something different. Think something different. You are in a habit of not feeling good and blaming others and the conditions for your dissatisfaction. You think, well, I'll be happy when he gets his act together, when she calls me back, when he stops lying, when she gets a clue, when I make more money, when I buy a new car, when I move, when my kids are older, when my parents stop harping on me, when I'm appreciated at work, then I'll be happy. I'll be happy when I go on vacation. I'll be happy when I go out with my friends Saturday. No, you won't. You won't if you haven't practiced how to be happy now, how to be in gratitude, how to be in appreciation. You'll just go out and complain that people are late, that they order too many bottles, even though you stopped drinking an hour ago and it's too expensive, that this one made a nasty comment, that your partner was being so annoying. We promise you it will suck. It may suck. It could suck. It would make sense if it sucked. Unless, unless, unless you can be happy now. Learn how to stop blaming everyone and everything for your unhappiness. Understand that you are the only one in control of how you feel. No one can make you feel anything. Only you can interpret what others do through your limited perspective. And when you interpret, your limiting beliefs activate negative emotions, and then you offer up that vibration. More things will manifest to show you that you're absolutely right. Your partner is being a jerk. Everyone's saying so. But what's really happening is that you are receiving more events that match your vibration. Sometimes it's hard to even want to feel good, to even try to feel good, to even think about trying to feel good when you are miserable. The last thing you care about is feeling good. The momentum is so strong that even if you came into contact with someone who felt good, it would zing you with intensity. You would hate it because you would both be so off each other's vibration that it would hurt. So we say, what can you do? What, what are you willing to do? What will you hold yourself accountable to do? The work? You always say, I need to do the work. I haven't been doing the work. I've been slacking on the work. What work? Who said anything about wor work? Why, when you're so miserable, would we ask you to work? All we're asking you to do is to think of something better, anything better than what you're thinking, to soften the thoughts, to stop the momentum of the specificity of the negative thoughts, to recognize your limiting beliefs have been activated, and to know that whatever is happening is happening for you, from you, from you, from you to you, from you to you. And that it's all part of your everlasting expansion. And that's all working out. It's all working out. It's always working out. Everything is always working out. Let go. Let go. Let go of what you think things should be. Let go of what you think others should be doing. Let go of who you think you are supposed to be. Let it go. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. As a matter of fact, it's holding you back. They are judgments. They aren't thoughts of love. The word should is by nature a judgment. If you catch yourself shoulding a lot, take stock because you are judging others because you are being too hard on yourself. We love you. We know it may be a big jump to ask you to love you. It would be an impossible jump to ask you to love you as much as we love you. You are so loved. You are so loved and you don't even know it. You are so supported and you're just starting to learn about it. It's okay to have negative emotions. You have to feel like crap sometimes. If you didn't, you wouldn't care. And if there was no time, there would be no urgency. And if there was no darkness, you wouldn't search for the light. We are here to simply remind you that all the darkness is part of the illusion. That isn't real. None of this is real that you are playing a game here in physical reality, that you are the shining star of your own movie, 
that you aren't doing anything wrong, that you aren't messing things up, that you are not suffering because you're not doing the work. You're just out of alignment. Get back into alignment. Get used to getting into alignment and it gets easier and easier and easier. Process your limiting beliefs. Get into alignment. Figure out what belief you had that was activated and caused you to get out of alignment. This is the only work you ever have to do and how you get there is up to you, but do try because once the momentum of alignment builds, it is so sweet. It is so intoxicating. It is such a relief. It is beautiful. It is abundance, health, freedom, and connection. And, 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 and join us in the end. We are here waiting for you always. And waiting for me right now are the glorious, magnificent, limitless beings of the Evolution Pod Club. Welcome back. Hello. 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 <laughs> What's up, y'all? I love okay. your intro. Oh, thank you. Well, it's interesting. I had a morning myself, as always, before I come here. Um, I had an email last night from the preschool saying, hey, listen, if you're sending your kids sick to school, maybe don't because of COVID, maybe leave them home because it really complicates things. And so I thought, oh Lord, here we go. And sure as shit, my daughter woke up with a sore throat, (laughs) which usually it's funny. I can see that the work is starting to, and when I say work, I just mean the process of continually getting into alignment, not the work of struggle, but I could see how it's changing because normally that would send me into a, I mean, so deep out of alignment that it would be almost impossible for me to get back. When my kids are sick, I lose my shit. And when I'm sick, I lose my shit. This time I thought, okay, here we go. Didn't lose my shit. Didn't feel great. Got knocked out of alignment a little, but not as deep as normal. And I started to get blamey, right? Who's sending their kids sick to school? Who's doing that? I need to know who's doing that. Who's doing that? And I, I just felt myself wanting to text one of my friends. Didn't do it. Didn't act on that urge, kept it together, uh-huh. that urge. And so I did email the school to let them know pro woke up with a sore throat. So I'm not going to send her to school today out of an abundance of caution until we know what's going on. But I couldn't help myself with that last bit saying it really bummed me out, you know, because None of us can work if we have symptoms. Oh, I did that. And then she hit back with like, I don't think anyone did it intentionally. There were a lot of birthday parties this weekend, which there were. And I went for a run. And as I noticed my thoughts, I, I, I said, Jackie, hold yourself accountable for these thoughts. You're going down this train of thought. This is not helping you. You are just beating the drum of it's unfair and you want someone to blame and it's happening for you. And look at you, you can do it. You can handle this. You've got a podcast coming today. You know, you're going to feel good. If you get sick, great. It's just a reset of your body. If your daughter gets sick, that's for her, from her to her. And so you can be there for her. You actually don't have to go to Chicago this week. Like you were supposed to, whoa, what a perfect, how, how great did that work out? You were bummed out that you weren't going to do this episode of the big leap, but guess what? Now you don't have to be so stressed that if you got sick, you couldn't go. All these things are working out just fine. And of course, by the end of the run, back in the groove. So relieved I didn't text any other moms. So relieved I didn't take any more action than that one thing I did in that email. But like practicing what we're preaching here, practicing, it's such a practice, practice. And then 
I was very excited because that would have rocked me to my core and it rocked me, but not to my core. And we got back. And so it's just a practice, you know, over and over like yoga, the asanas, you go back to yoga, you do the same poses over and over again, and you discover something new. If I just release this muscle here, I can stretch a little further here. If I let go, Ooh, this is different. This is cool. And you're always discovering something new. And each time you feel those negative emotions, you are uncovering some new information and you are approaching it in a new way, which creates more information for source. And all that is expansion, expansion, expansion. So appreciate the negative emotions. I'm so glad my daughter has a cold. It's fine. You know what? It will be what it is. And that is for her, for me. And it's great. Anyway. So I just figured I'd start off (laughs) for us. No, this is really good. Actually, this has been my thing since I've had kind of a trip with the manifestation event form and kind of getting to the bottom of that. So over the last few weeks, what I have been doing is exactly that. Every time I find myself, there's something that happens and, you know, you have that immediate feeling of, hold on just a second, who did what, what happened? (laughs) You know, it it can't be me. Um, I immediately force myself to try and see this from my inner self's perspective and shift it around and find some way to be so thankful for that situation, because I know it's making me be a better me. I can't hold on. I have, to stop you. I have to stop you because there is no better you. I know what you're saying. A more, a more, a life, a life of ease, a more enjoyable existence, an existence of more alignment and feeling good, but there is no better you. You're not improving you. You are a glorious light beam of love, a limitless being a pure positive love and will always be and have always been cannot be better, cannot be improved even a little, but so I know what you mean though, which is feel better be, be better in terms of feel better, get on that high flying disc. Right. (laughs) I think to myself every single time, I love me too much to fall into this trap. So I'm going to, and which is also helps with just a feeling of worthiness and, and all that, that I already struggle with anyway. But every single time I say, no, I'm worth it. I love me too much to, to go there. So, I mean, and eventually you say it enough and you actually start to believe some of those things. And I think it's just a shift of perspective. I mean, not holy, but it's practice, right? No, but it is that shift in perspective. I mean, even you searching for those thoughts is the raising of the vibration, changing of the frequency and changing the outcome of the event that's happening just by the searching of it. And so you can rest assured knowing that or believing in that, which is an empowering belief that even in the looking for how this is for me and stopping and saying, okay, it's happening right now. I am changing the course of the events. It's funny because Esther was just saying something about, I just love Esther Hicks, man. And she's funny too. She was saying something about how we're all on the path. We're on the path. We're on the path and it feels good to be on the path. It has momentum. And then when she does not talk about limiting beliefs, which is the piece that I do think is missing. That I love so much, but when a living belief is activated and you're in fear and suddenly you're feeling the negative emotions, you find yourself in the weeds off the path, but thank you, negative emotions. Otherwise I wouldn't know I was in the weeds. I wouldn't know I was in the rough. Mm -hmm. I would just be going along my path continually. So it's a good, thank you. I see that now I got to get back to my path. That's laid out for me from me and in love. So it's finding that gratitude for those moments too, what you're doing. 
some yeah. situations are easier than other and really excavating what that limiting belief is. Or if you don't hit the root one, you just find a one. And it is funny when you find one, how you notice how much is activated where you just didn't even realize it before. I mean, that happened for me with motherhood and being trapped, big limiting belief there. I'm not free. And then suddenly I was seeing it everywhere. And I just thought, oh my God, I didn't even realize that this was being activated a thousand times a day in little ways and big. And it is, but now less and less so because now it's been a longer amount of time that I've been processing that. So it's not quite the same. And I see it as it pops up, but that's another reason people think when they start shifting the perspective, things get worse almost, but it's almost because you were had blinders on and now you're noticing events and you're calling them manifestation events. And you realize how many happen in a day that before you were just in alignment with that. And so it was just life. Life was just in session. Life was just happening. And you just accepted it as life. Oh boy, this is just life today. I'm getting crunched in the machine today. That's what's happening. But then when you name it and you take responsibility for it, oh, this manifestation event is showing me that I have some limiting belief or I have some fear. There's, there's a wobble in my vibration. Now that you're aware of it, it's kind of like when you quit swearing, you don't realize how much you're swearing. And then the first step is to become aware that you're swearing before you can stop swearing. I know that from personal experience. <laughs> now I hear myself when I do it, but for a long time I didn't. And then I was like, oh, I got to cut back on that but you got to hear it first. So it's the same thing with manifestation events. You have to become aware that they are manifestation first, the events first, which makes you go, holy moly, there's stuff going on all the time. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. I mean, that outfit is just really cute. I keep getting distracted. This one, thank you. It's a dress. I It's a friend's birthday. I'm actually dressed, which I never am. It's a Hawaiian Cara Cara dress, which is a, a fancy fun dress, and I'm excited. <laughs> Feel very girly in it. Um, yeah, I have I not... they are very girly. It's a very yes, girly line. It's a very girly. <laughs> it was chosen for me by a friend I purchased. Um, yeah, feels good. Sometimes that's a nice thing to sort of mention, actually, is sometimes when you're not feeling it, and everyone knows this who's listening, sometimes you can work outside in, right? Sometimes a good way to make yourself feel good is put on something that you love is, mm -hmm. you know, dress for the feeling you want to have. Yeah. You could sometimes sort of work, work, try it. That's why it doesn't matter how you get there. That was sort of mentioned. I always mention music and putting on your favorite song and dancing, but some people are visual and they get their vibration and interpretation of vibration happens through art or looking at something or, you know, different cleaned or setting up for your decor in a certain way that is visually totally, mm -hmm. totally. Yeah. And so there is really no one way to sort of discovering what is the thing for you? What's the thing that gets you going? What's the thing that gets you excited that gets you turned on, tapped in, you know, how are you interpreting vibration? What is your strongest sense of interpretation? It's really interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Cause that's all we're doing is interpreting vibration all day long. Yeah. Everything we see, everything we hear and no two people interpret the same, which is how we're so unique. And even though we have such a commonality in this physical platform, so it seems like we're all experiencing the exact same thing. 
we're not experiencing the exact same thing at all. I'll be honest. It does make me a little sad. And I think none of us are seeing the same color blue because mm. I want you to see the blue I'm seeing, but who knows if we're seeing this? There's no way we're seeing the same color blue. Mm -hmm. And I also, I think perception and how everyone's perception is so vastly different and what you bring into each exchange with someone like your own insecurities or simply the sequence of events that happened prior to you even having the conversation. Oh my God, since the day you were born. And uh, if depending on how deep people's beliefs are, I was listening since eons and eons of lifetimes of lifetimes of lifetimes. So not mm -hmm. even what happened to you five minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, but what's been happening to you that set up your completely unique perspective, which mm -hmm. is again, proof of your worthiness. When people don't feel worthy, it's almost comical to your inner self who's going hilarious that you think you could be unworthy. We can't believe that you're actually here believing that you're unworthy, that you don't know who you are and that you don't understand your contribution, that there is no one person who can experience your experience ever, right. any second. We'll never live this moment the way you're living it. You are adding something completely unique. Which is and so, so fascinating. And the mirror component too, where you're saying something. And I assume then to your intention behind it is, is a, because that's my own mirror being triggered right now. We're being brought yes. up. Right. And when in fact it was innocuous, what you said. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or whatever the circumstances are, but yeah, we're both looking at reflections of each other when we talk to each other. So mm -hmm. you're getting what you interpret reflected back to you. And I'm getting what I interpret reflected back to me, which shows you that we're just having our own experiences all the time. Yeah. But when you start to hone the non-physical senses more and more, what you're doing, then empathy does become something that you acquire where you can sort of sense and feel other people. And they're sort of higher selves or. Well, yeah, because if you are experiencing that then it's there's a rendezvous between your higher self and that person's higher self happening where you're getting sent vibrational messages from their higher self to your higher self to you so yeah that it has to be through the inner selves we we couldn't physically <laughs> we can't if you if you are absolutely in your physical body and just perceiving through your five physical senses and you think you're being empathetic you're really just conjuring up your own interpretation of a feeling that you think someone's having. But if you're really sensing what's going on, then yeah, there's, there's some non-physical shit at play. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would like to talk about panic. Let's do it. Panic. Fun. I'd like to, I would like to, to, to turn the channel. <laughs> yeah. Change the channel. Go ahead. To take a, a, a wide left turn, like a big berth with this turn. It's a wide Jackie's faces keep going. Well, no, I'm already thinking because even when you talk about panic, whatever experience to get to the place of panic means there was a lot ignored along the way. So it started as a thought, which then became an emotion which then became a manifestation event or a manifestation of something, which then became, which then became, which then became. And there was some not processing mm -hmm. and just pushing past or gritting your teeth and barreling ahead, which then led to your body 
again, saying, oh, you're not listening to me. So I'm going to need to stop you now, because now we've gotten to the point where you are not paying attention. And I need you to hear me, see me, feel me. And so your body then sends you those intent, well, your body, all of the physical, the non-physical entities of your, of the higher selves of your body send in the form of vibration, those negative emotions, which is again, another non-physical sense to you in that intense, intense form of panic. Now, now we've got you, now we've got your attention. Now you're listening. Now mm-hmm. you, you literally cannot function Mm-hmm. Because your throat's closing and your chest is tight. You can barely breathe. You are getting dizzy, lost, discombobulated. We have you now. So. Yeah. Okay. So when this all kind of was coming up for me, I have a few moments, maybe give or take every couple of weeks, depending on circumstances, right? Um a couple of days ago, just at the coffee shop with a, a, seeing someone I didn't expect to see. <laughs> and it wasn't panic. That's not panic. Um, but what brought this up for me and kind of what the question I think I want to ask is during the Olympics. And I was okay. watching these mm. contestants, I was or watching these Olympians compete and then watching, basically watching Simone Biles' entire experience. And there's a lot of information surrounding her experience. She's now opened up just this week in front of a, you know, and testified about her sexual I, abuse and how, how she was the one remaining person standing of that team and the leadership of all of that. But there is something to be said for the pressure placed on you to do that one thing and in that one moment when it's all crucial and it and the what defines the people who are in a clutch moment like that able to kick the winning field goal or who choke right or who can hit that high ass you know fucking well the difference in that moment the difference in that moment is who has the true empowered belief empowering belief and who has the limiting belief who believes Mm -hmm. What? And I will say what's interesting. I remember what every, what happened with her doctor. I actually think about it a lot. And I will say that as it was happening, when she backed out of those events, I remember thinking, this is a huge moment for this girl and her journey. Like this is, this is the version of Gary losing all of his money. This is a version of somebody getting a terminal illness. This is that moment for her that's going to launch her into the next phase of expansion. Like this is big. Now, when you say the people who receive the pressure on them, no one's pressure on her even comes close to the pressure that she put on herself. You can accept the pressure that people put on you, your sponsors, the country, the world, or you don't have to, but it's the pressure that you decide that you choose to take on that you give to yourself. That's the only pressure you feel. And yes, she chose to let that in as any one of us would, let's be quite honest. It's, it would require such a connection to source to be able to say, well, <laughs> all these people want this for me, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And it's fine. Like it really would take well, like a <laughs> connection. An yeah, like, connection right? It's like a whole nother level. Okay. Yeah. 
So, so I'm not saying that in judgment at all, I, nor do I say any of this ever in judgment, but I mean, we all could understand, not even understand, but that kind of accepting of what was coming in for her. You jumped to her, but was, was interesting to me, and we can go back to her, was you at the coffee shop and talking about what that limiting belief is when you see someone unexpected that causes that. And by the way, it happens so fast. So we say that you have a limiting belief that causes the emotion, but it happens all simultaneously, it seems to us. We get hit with the feeling. We don't even really know that there's a limiting belief there. It's not like there's this little process that happens in our brains that we just kind of go, oh, I have this limiting belief. Oh, that was just triggered. Oh, I have this feeling. It's just, boom, you have the feeling and you're in it. And so more importantly, I kind of wanted to know what is the belief that you believe is happening when suddenly you see someone that you weren't expecting to see? Was it a gentleman caller? It, it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what's another example I can share quickly and not get into that? No, uh, we don't have to. And, and look, we're not going to get into the story of that. But the question is quickly. And interestingly enough, it was in a moment where I was sharing a conversation with a few other people that was really fun and funny. And we're laughing and we're talking about starting a girl band and we're cracking each other up. We started to sing a little bit. And, and then suddenly, boom, dude shows up and there is a belief underneath that I know, but the sequence of events, I actually was like in, in an element. I was like in my element. I was, it was Oh great. yeah. There's no yeah. better version of an example of alignment than what you were just talking about with friends laughing and talking about being a girl band. You know, you were on a high flying disc, you know, you were in the vortex, you were feeling good that you were in alignment. So whatever's coming there is an inspired action. It's a thought was put into his head to walk into the coffee shop at that moment, that whole thing was absolutely conspired for you for sure. Now, I don't know how you feel about this person, but all I want to know is about that fear. Now, was it excitement that also felt like fear? Cause sometimes excitement can do that. Excitement is fear always coincides with excitement and will have the exact equal sort of intensity mm-hmm. or is it, <sighs> Is it, you know, cause different people have different, there's different versions of this. It's excitement. And then, oh my God, I, uh, I don't want to say it. I, I'm not expecting to see this person. I don't, what am I look like? What am I wearing? Wh- what's happening in that? I mean, there's, it, that is so layered. That situation is so complicated because it deals with so many different. Yeah. Well, it, let's get clear on it. Let's get clear because the, compli- <laughs> the complicated nest nature of any relationship is honestly the confusion of the illusion. That's all that is. Anytime something is hard to explain or has so much density to it, it's just of the ego mind. The clarity is what keeps it simple. So there is a simple sort of explanation. Well, to, to whittle it down, it's, it's, it comes to, it comes down to my interest in someone and their lack of interest in me. So it's a worth, it's not being chosen, quote unquote. But at the core of of my panic, is anything surrounded with singing. And at the core of that is a, is a debilitating care for what other people think about me. Yeah. Debilitating, severe. You talk, you've talked about this recently too. And then, you know, at the core of that is, is worthiness, is failure, is blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, so, and I think really what I'm intrigued by and my purpose in bringing this up more is about when your anxieties can snowball to the point that, that you have panic. A, B, when 
when that level of anxiety then doesn't dissipate, you're, you're doing work on other things. But as soon as you get back to that one trigger, it's the same level of intensity every single time, no matter what, it may be shorter and it may not go into full-blown panic attack because we know what those are and they are markedly different from anxiety attacks, but that sustained level of amount with that same exact fucking. Okay. If you cannot get it to stop, you've tried all the things you've named things in the room. You feel your physical senses, feel your clothes in your body. You have are naming colors. You are taking the deep breaths and doing the exercises. You are doing all the things. And I can feel it now, as you talk about it, that thing that happens in your chest, if you cannot get rid of it, you've sat down, you've written, nothing's happening. Go to sleep go to sleep or change the channels or something completely different. Find something different. Take a long walk with your dog, do something opposite. If nothing is working and you need to stop that momentum, you do what you can. And if it means take a nap, take the dog for a walk, it means run until the sensations in your body are such that you can't even have an emotional feeling because your physical body is doing so much and needs all your attention. Sometimes, I mean, that's why you, you hear about people cutting, right? Because when you feel physical pain, you can't feel emotional pain because your brain cannot process both at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying hurt yourself, but I'm saying do something active to get that energy out. Mm -hmm. Andrea always says like, shake like a dog. It's kind of just like a, you know, when dogs shake all the water off, release Mm -hmm. some of that energy, but if it doesn't work, go to sleep. And then when you feel it come down just enough the best thing you can do is access your inner guides in the way that I talk about that I know works for me is to sit down and write until that shift happens and you're hearing something new. You're hearing something you don't know. You get to that point where you feel the release. And in that, then you can let, your guides will have access to you. Your inner self will have access to you the part of you that wants your attention will have access to you. It doesn't have access to you while you're in that place. Mm. When you go to sleep and you wake up, you sort of stop that momentum and you have better, again, your inner guys will have better access to you. So at that point, if you've allowed it, and I say allowed it with love, I mean, that's what we're doing, right? We are all creators and responsible for our experience, but if, if it has been allowed and you have allowed it to get to that point, then yes, you want to do whatever you can to just stop that momentum because you're not going to get the answers to the problem while you're in the problem. The vibration of the solution is a different vibration than the problem. The vibration of the answer is a different vibration than the question. So in that moment, <laughs> I'm just thinking about you in a coffee shop, just <laughs> with your well, friends and somebody walks up and you just run out the door. <laughs> like, was like, like Phoebe, the Phoebe run out the door, just play <laughs> But you just close your eyes. You're like, I have to take a nap. <laughs> but- I know, uh, that was my my response to that. In that moment, it was like, it was just such a, it was like a, the fuck? Where did that come from? How weird. Oh, thank you. I have a chance to see that this is still very present and that I can still, even in something that doesn't actually feel very heavy to me, I can still be taken there. But when like first Simone Biles, for example, is having to do, you know, a triple blah, blah, blah off of a, you know, two inch beam and has that for me, it's singing. And I, I was just going to say, it's the same exact the thing to sing. So in that moment, it's not, you no, know, you can't go to sleep. You could leave a career. Yeah. 
you, she had a choice. You could not sing. You have a choice in every moment. If it's gotten to the point where we believe when we see Simone, we cannot understand what she's going through because she's doing things with her body that we can't imagine doing. But as you say, you can't imagine singing. And that is the same for everyone. Everyone can imagine doing something to her. It's the equivalent. And by equivalent, I mean a match. Nothing is ever truly equivalent. But there's a buildup and a buildup. Now, in her case, she is dealing with a with trauma that potentially had been processed, hadn't been processed. We don't know where those emotions are. And we do hold emotions in our body. You have trauma with events that happen to your voice, and you do hold emotions in your body. And over time, if they are not released. And because of trapped emotions in your body, it does come to a point at times where things can hit you with such force that you weren't expecting it and you weren't ready for it and you feel ill-equipped to handle it. So what you're letting yourself know is that you have some still trapped feelings about this and that there has to be some release and there has been much, much release to get you to this point. And there have been other moments that you have actually sung in the last year, which is not something you would have done five years ago. There have been, and what's interesting too, is when you are in alignment, these things you don't actually need that release and you don't need anything because I've seen you when you've been standing in front of hundreds of people doing your, and in some cases, I think thousands of people doing your conferences where you're on stage doing a fitness routine and you're singing along with the music and there you're singing and there's no, there's no filter between you and your inner self. There's no ceiling. There's no stopping yourself because you're so in the moment and you're so in the music and you're so in the activity that it just comes out of you, the voice, because you're feeling so good. There is no thought of fear of what could happen if you fail, a thought of what could happen if you don't sing well and you are judged, a thought of fear of what could happen if you just flat out suck in your mind and judge yourself. There's no thought of that. And only in the stillness and in the quiet and in the out of alignment and with the, those emotions then resurface and bubble up in a way to bring you all those fears to, to attract the vibrational thoughts, the vibrations that you interpret as the thoughts of, Oh God, what if, and Oh God, what if, and Oh God, Oh God, Oh God. And I can't and no, and no, and no, and Oh God, I'd rather not try. I'd rather not do it. I'm not going to do it, but it is interesting. So in, while you're in alignment, there needs to be some release of some of that fear and you just keep coming to the page and keep asking the question when you're in alignment, when you are in a vibrational match to the solution of a vibrational match, the information, a vibrational match to the higher vibrating messages that can come to come to you and see what information that you're still missing. There's still something missing here. There's still information that needs to be learned because I have proof of you in your life and everyone does of you being in total joy in front of many, 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 many people who could just as easily judge you, but you don't give a shit because mm. you're in it. So well, you have proof. And I'm confident in my ability, the way that I used to be confident in my singing ability before it got taken. Yeah, but isn't that interesting? So confidence is another way to get you there. You have confidence in what you're teaching in your instruction. And so the voice just comes and sings because truly you only sing when you're enjoyed. Singing is supposed to be not only fun, but like the most pure, joyful activity, a high vibrating activity. Dancing is a high vibrating activity. 
So in order to sing, you have to be feeling good. In order to sing just because you want to, you have to be vibrating high, which you are. But when you sing now in front of an audience unrelated to, let's say, fitness, there is no fun. There's no enjoyment. There is stress and anxiety that needs to be worked through. And when I say work, I mean uncovered. If it's not fun, you want to find the fun. How do you find the fun? How do you find the enjoyment? You're mm. going to be able to answer that for you. Mm -hmm. No, it's such a good point. Cause the whole reason I got there is because I started having the vocal problems. The vo vocal problems removed joy. The, the vocal problems are what got you here to this yeah. today. Huh? So the gratitude and appreciation for the vocal problems, we're going to call it, even though let's almost call them the vocal solutions, because ultimately, if this is the, is this is the point is to get on this journey, the solution to get you on this journey was your quote vocal problems, but that was your vocal solution. That's the solution you gave yourself. I'm going to give myself this gift and I take it away so that I get myself on this journey. And we all have the thing that brought us here. So now that you're here, now that you're here, how do you flip the script to say, I'm here now. I'm on this journey. I have faith in this. I'm, I'm on my aligned path. I'm here. I need to really be here in order to find the joy of my voice again. It's coming to you. It will happen. It will happen. This is, I believe, I believe yeah. in that too. I really do. I, I, I think there, A, there's a desire to kind of better just discuss, maybe not even better understand, but discuss panic, like discuss it and be open about it and talk about it and, and, and maybe even delve into it. But I think there also was, um, this has come up in for the first time in a few months since the last time, you know, that this come up when I had to sing where I thought, Oh, Oh my God. Okay. Oh, shows you you're here. You're here. Okay. You're still here with a, with a level of intensity that I didn't expect. So now, you know, we've well, also heard the, the phrase, the only difference between fear and excitement is breathing. So there is a level of excitement that's going to happen regardless and a fear of pushing past the fear to do the thing you're inspired to do that you're going to have to face. So that's happening, but to give panic its own, yes, we'll name it. We'll call it panic, but really what's happening is it's just fear. That's being ignored, a limiting belief. That's being it's chipped away at, but it's still there. And it's just letting, you know, I'm still here. And there's still stuff to learn. There's still expansion to be had. There's, there's more. So maybe the framing is going, I feel the panic. Oh, there's something to learn. There's something about myself. I don't know yet. There's information I have not uncovered yet. We know that our fear is like a diamond. There's different facets and you're always chipping away to different facet. But is that exciting to you to think I might learn something about myself that I don't know that could actually be an aha moment that could bring me such peace and connectivity and knowing, oh, that's cool. What is that? There's something there. What is that? I want to know. What is it? Mm -hmm. You know, when you have those like realizations about yourself, you go, oh, you know, I am like that. It feels great. It's exciting. That's what's on the other side of that fear for you. And maybe the answer is you've got to get in front of a, a bunch of people and in your mind fail, which of course is failing upwards, right? It's succeeding, but bomb and crush it. You need to have all the experiences against so that you realize that after each one of them, nothing has changed. You're not going to die, which by the way, the more I think about death, the more phenomenal it sounds. And I honestly am getting more and more excited about it. You're not going to die. You're not going to be hurt. 
You're not going to lose a limb. Everything's going to be fine. The more you do it, the more you'll gain confidence. I actually think the solution for this and by solution is, you know what I'm saying? I think the, what I'm getting inspired to tell you is to just start doing it all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, constantly, my God, do you remember how scared I was the first podcast we did? I couldn't sleep the night before I was freaking out. (laughs) And now we're on 23 and each time you get more and more confident, more and more fun. That's it's just going to take doing it to Um, get that information going, get that shit moving. Seriously, sing in front of two friends at night. When you, next time you go out with friends, go, I'm going to sing something now. This is my assignment to myself. I'm just going to sing a quick song and then sing in front of three friends and then say yes to do that. And then call one of us on the phone and sing to us. Just start singing all the time. Don't you see how that would make it less in your mind? This like big, crazy, nerve wracking event. How -hmm. can you just start singing all the time? Even though, like I just said, I've seen you singing in front of thousands of people and completely not even think about it. But how can you do that? I want you to sing every time you Marco Polo. Do it all the time. (laughs) Kind of, that's what I'm doing with this podcast, right? I'm having these conversations all day long. So this podcast doesn't feel now like this thing that I'm doing and what if I'm not connected and I don't know what to say. I'm talking to people all day and I realize I'm doing this all the time. And that sort of will give you confidence. That's, that's the thing I'm inspired to tell you about this. Anything somebody's afraid of. I guarantee if Simone was in a gym by herself alone with her favorite music on, maybe a couple friends laughing, she could do anything with her body without any fear whatsoever. Oh, sure. Of course. Of course. It's, it's the, the, in the moment. And again, what keeps coming up for me, you're talking about, you're not going to die. You're not going to get hurt. It's, I would prefer to, to get hurt or even maybe I die know, I know. Than, than bomb in front of people. I know. I'm telling you that is what I feel like is really on my plate right now. But then do you know what that's saying? Hmm. This was in the opening. It's saying that you are judging. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, so if you want to not fear the judgment of others, catch yourself when you are doing that. And the more you can meet and greet everyone around you in your life with love and acceptance, that's going to go away. This is like exactly what I mean. I've talked about multiple times. It keeps coming up. How to, how to lessen your like fear of judgment is to, is to, is to stop on. judging is to start accepting yeah. and start and seeing- have an awareness of judgment. Actually that in, <laughs> in how many moments are you actually judging? They didn't realize that was in the opening where I was like, if you're saying should, if you catch yourself shooting people, like when you hear people like, well, you should do this. You should do that. That's a one quick way to, to notice that there's judgment happening, but you know, when you're judging someone, if you just have a negative thought about what they're doing, Yes. Or you think it should be different. I know. So that, that, that is going to change your life. And you know what? Judging can be fun and funny and gossiping is fun. It's all fun, but it is like low vibration and you are now ready for more. And this is going to be the key. Well, and I think the worse that you feel really about yourself, the more that you are in, in that vibration, the more that you're casting judgment and, you know, and there's not a lot of love. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Who's your favorite singer in the world? 
Connie DeFranco. Oh my God, that's nuts. I just heard her yesterday. There are no coincidences. She was playing on my Alexa and she was doing things with her voice. I never realized. She, I was like, what? I actually asked Alexa. I said, who is this? Because it wasn't one of her like little plastic castle. And Alexa said, this is Ani DeFranco. And I was like, really? So okay. there are no coincidences. That is hilarious. That's insane. Okay. So we got there. So now imagine that you went to see Ani DeFranco live and she fun. was, okay. And she says yeah. to everybody in the beginning, yo, I love you all. Just so you know, I'm getting over a cold. I just had, or I just had COVID or I'm, you know, I got a thing going on. All right. So we're going to, it's going to be what it's going to be. And she's cracking. She doesn't, would you give a shit? No, because here is my, here's my example. And again, just talked about this this week. And so many times recently, the artists who have moved me the most, my whole life are the people who are so unabashedly without, without, um, you know, any kind of yeah. uh, qualms themselves. And when you see Ani live, she's gives no fucks. She's so in her body. There's like this bizarre movement that she does. She's really masculine in the way that she, it's, she's lost. She's transformed by her art. Yeah. And that is something that you cannot she's channeling when she's channeling. And you yeah. cannot do that when you care with it in a debilitating way about how people are viewing or perceiving or judging you. So it's yeah. so funny that we're even getting to this point because she, I said maybe even yesterday that Ani DeFranco is, is my most, one of my most favorites who's moved me the most because of that. She is so authentically to her core. So she herself. is the example of, she's the example of alignment for you. That's where we're going. So mm -hmm. I wonder too, I still stand by, you should start singing and singing and singing and singing. And if you are singing in front of a group, you know, when you've watched something live and you see like on a talk show or something, I, I maybe on SNL, it's happened maybe once where someone said, we're going to start again. And mm -hmm. it's so like incredible. Cause you think, wow, the power that it takes to just stop and say, I don't care what this is right now. I don't care if it's the Oscars. I'm just going to start again. I'm wondering if the next time you sing in front of a group, you say, I am here. This could be a mess. I don't know. I'm going for, I mean, that's making excuses for yourself, but mm -hmm. how authentic can you be? How authentic can you be? And what is the thing that's going to make you feel connected to you, to you, to the higher you? What's the thing you can do? I think confidence is one, so singing all the time. Two, being honest, being authentic. And three is accepting everyone around you. I promise you, if you start doing that more and more, not only will you not be afraid of being judged, you won't be judged. Because you couldn't be judged because that wouldn't be the vibration you were offering. You would be getting the people in the audience who didn't give a shit if a voice, if it cracked or anything, they would just be feeling things. It wouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. So those are, those are the three I would say, but most importantly is the judgment. Yeah, no, that's a big one as of late. And I think that, but I do think it's really interesting that I am back in an environment where I grew up and in an environment where I really wasn't always encouraged to be my authentic self. Oh yeah. N none of us. I, and I know, <laughs> of, course, dim, of course, dim her light, dim her light, dim but her I light. It's too bright. It's too bright. Those too of bright. us who, who then needed to, and wanted to come out, did leave and go to bigger cities, go to more progressive cities and go, you know, and in search of, of course, our, 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 our work. But, um, but at the same time, I, as the, though I did do that and I left, I've never really kind of un disrobed that mask. That's all. 
That's and really all like that's happening. Finding that and being being comfortable, like you know, I got asked on a date yesterday, and he and he, his when he began the conversation, he was like, "Well, do you have an Instagram?" And I was like, "No, that's my my go to immediately is do is no because I've never felt like I can be my authentic self in public. Right. Truly, I can't. Oh, if I say fuck, my mom's gonna be upset. If I blah blah blah, like. I'm crass and I'm gross, but I'm also funny and I'm also polite. And I'm, you know what I mean? Like I've never felt like I've always had a persona. And I think being back persona. in this place where I was raised is a lot, is going to afford me a chance to see that and then to work on yeah, that. Yeah. You set yourself up to deal with this in the place of its occurrence, which is mega. And also anytime, and this is something I learned from Gary, anytime that you do worry about what anyone else says or thinks it's static in your flow. It's static. When I started writing the book, I immediately started thinking, Oh my God, my mother-in-law is going to read what I'm saying about Jason. And then, and it interrupts the flow of what's happening. Just hold yourself accountable to being more authentically you just like I will hold myself accountable to being more authentically me. We can do that together and hold each other accountable in love and just say, are you being authentic? Are you being you? Are you being a love being? Or are you being your persona in order to get people to like, love and respect you and to think you're a great singer and to give you validation and to give you kudos? It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, of course, but we all care deeply about what people think deeply, deeply, deeply. Mm-hmm. And so it's a big leap to say that. It's so easy for me to just go, well, it doesn't matter what people think. <laughs> Go have fun singing, girl, (laughs) you know, but what will make the shift is how you think about other people. Mm -hmm. It really will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and again, having like that, that constant awareness of those thoughts. Well, of course you have to be aware of the thoughts. Otherwise you can't, it's like swearing. That's why you meditate. You meditate to become aware of your thoughts. You start this work to become aware of your thoughts, to know when you are judging to know when you're having a thought that is in the ego thought in the negative stream of consciousness that's thinking something should be something other than what it is i don't think that woman should be saying or doing that right now that mm-hmm. is wrong is a judgment so yeah you got to be aware of your thoughts because they come quick and mm-hmm. we've never had to be aware of them so it's it takes a shift and it takes time but i think it's very exciting and i i also want you to know the confidence is another way to get there. So you just start singing, bitch. <laughs> you know, I think like all day long, but it's just, yeah. It's yeah almost- but I, I, I like a party, like at a party or like a dinner party, with five people say, I am, I'm going to sing something right now. This is sounds so insane. I have to do it. It's part of my, <laughs> this is part of my assignment to myself. I want to, you know, whatever. Everyone there is going to love you. Is going to think it's so great. Do it in front of everyone that's drunk. And then you won't worry what people are thinking. But if you start doing that, I think it's honestly, I want you to do that. You go out every weekend. You have these little soirees and stuff. Say, I'm going to sing something. Acapella. <laughs> Get that karaoke track on your phone. And one verse, I don't know. You say, I'm, I'm trying to start singing in public again. And I'm scared to death. So I'm going to just start singing all the time. It is going to turn into the greatest night of your life. Cause let me tell you something, people are going to be like, sing this, do this, do that. And then they're going to start singing. You don't know what it's going to turn into, but yeah. then if you keep doing that, it will look, I was doing those shows at for the record in LA, which for anyone listening was these shows in a bar, Jordan and I met doing hairspray 
on Broadway, we, I was doing these like shows in a bar for a dollar and I hadn't been singing for a minute. And I just, it was so low stakes. It was nothing. And we were doing the works of, you know, famous directors or producers. We were doing John Hughes was my first one. So it was like a conglomeration of all the John Hughes iconic scenes that would lead into the iconic music. And it was really fun. And, and doing those shows, I remember years of doing them just gave me such freedom and abandon because I would see everything go wrong and it didn't matter. Anything that went wrong was such an opportunity for connection with the audience or a joke. Things that go wrong are just such an amazing gift that I didn't, I suddenly didn't care. Now I haven't been singing again for a while. So now I'm back to a more stiff, rigid mentality. And I would have to sort of loosen up again. But when you start to understand that anything, any missed note or something is an opportunity for an eye roll to whatever, it's just something there. Mm-hmm. Anything could be worked into the act. And so I would just, I would just tell you and tell anyone who has any fear of doing anything, just start doing it mm-hmm. on any yeah. level. But I love you. I love you back. Thank you so much for being here and being vulnerable and being open about what's going on in your life. It's very helpful to a lot of people. I know it's helpful for me. I'm not going to talk about the boys situation, but I will definitely talk about this. Which is of Always. course, we all want to know, but it is true. Look, <laughs> no, I, but I, 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 this, I, this is, there was so much purpose in starting this in the first place to be able to openly talk about something that I didn't openly talk about for a really long time. Um, you know, and it, and it is helpful. I'm beyond that place now, you know, and, and I, oh yeah. There's so much you, purpose and and opening up about it because I'm not the only person who's been through this. You opened up about it on the podcast in the very beginning, and that was a much bigger moment for you. But once you named it and called it out, you took away its power, even mm. in that moment, and you continue to strip away its power. But it, there are some trapped fears and emotions. But you're like you said, you're back home, and you just keep sort of identifying limiting beliefs and chipping away at it, having fun with it, and know that you. <laughs> You said, I wish I would, I would rather get hurt. I would rather die. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it feels like, right? Mm-hmm. I would rather die. Literally, not literally. I would rather get hurt a hundred percent. Die would be like, well, the way I associate death nowadays would is a totally different thing. So <laughs> I mean, what <laughs> you if know? you lived, I mean, what if you lived this experience as if it was the last time you were ever going to get to sing ever? Would that put yeah. pressure on you or would you have more fun doing it? I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't wonder if my desire to sing will actually shift once I begin to work more on, on not, on removing the fear of judgment. Don't worry about the desire. The desires will always be there, but we just want to deal with lessening the fear and you're on your way. And thank you for being my teacher and everyone's teacher. Cause that's what you're doing here. I love you. I love you too. Thank you. Yay, thank you. Pulling it out. I really love that conversation because I think everyone has something in their lives that causes them what they would refer to as panic, some intense fear. There's something that has taken you a lifetime to chip away at. And that's probably the thing that brought you here to this journey of self-discovery, to these teachings, to this podcast, to many other podcasts, to books, to all the things that make you talk about new approach to life. So in a way, it's just finding that gratitude and appreciation for those big, big events in your life that did sort of ignite this intense fear and intense desire. 
in the finding of the gratitude of it, you really shift your vibration and you shift what is possible for you. Because of course, anything is possible for you. You can have, be, or do anything you want. Whether or not you believe that is completely up to you. And to the degree in which you do believe it is the degree in which you will receive it. But it's not doing it in order to receive the thing you want. It's doing it just to feel good. And just because believing it, that it's true is an empowering belief and it will help make life just more fun and easier and cool, you know? Thank you again so much for joining us on this episode of the Evolution Pod Club. I am your host, Jackie Seiden, as always, sending love.